Hey everybody, welcome back to Bottomless Coffee. Once again, we are overseas and I'm really excited for this conversation because instead of recontextualizing the themes that we usually talk about, this time we're going to talk about what it means to be an American from the perspective of someone who's actually left America, like left the country to live somewhere else. Should be really interesting. Um, now, I'm really interested in this idea of what it means to be an American. One, because I feel as though people are all often talking at me and telling me what it means to be an American, whether that's like um, politicians and their competing narratives about who real America is or what have you, or the idea of America that's kind of sold to us through. Um, like Hollywood movies and commercials and TV shows and the like. What I don't often hear are Americans talking with each other about who they want to be and how they want to be perceived by the rest of the world. So I'm hoping that we're able to explore that just a little bit today. Um, but for the interest, for the general knowledge, the edification of people who don't know, there is an actual legal definition of who gets to be an American. So no matter where this conversation takes us, right, it's all somewhat uh, speculative, maybe just a little abstract, um, because the legal, the legal definition is really simple. It's in the Constitution. I'm just going to read it to you. Um, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So, children of Americans, if you are born in America or under an American flag, or if you go through the naturalization process, you are American. That's it. That's it. Um, so to a large extent, all that extra conversation is unnecessary, but we can't pretend like it doesn't happen, right? Um, so I am really excited to introduce a really wonderful friend with just great fashion sense. He's a supporter. He is one of the very first uh, Patreon community members. Um, he helped with our website that is looking better than ever, faster than ever. After this, we should talk about our like 99 score on um, Google's page loader thing. Um, but he left to become, uh, I don't know, to become an Australian, I think. We'll find out together. Uh, welcome, Nick Pascarello. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Oh, I'm great, I'd say. <clears throat> it's always really great to see your face. Um, we don't get to see each other often because you moved to the other side mm -hmm. of the world. I don't think it would be possible for you to be farther away. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think I think you're actually the last person to visit me out oh. here from Australia. And yeah. it took me forever to do so. Um, so how long ago did you move? Um, it was <clears throat> July of 2015. So okay. almost six years. Okay. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. a really long time. Um, yeah, it's right after I finished school. It's right after I graduated from tech. Oh, 
Nice. Yeah. Oh, where I went and where um, our occasional co-host Brendan also went. Um, I remember I used to make it my New Year's declaration. Um, resolution. I was like, I'm going to visit Nick. I'm going to go to Australia. And it took me like two or three of them to actually yeah. <laughs> make it happen. Yeah. So many people have like, just they're like, oh, costumes of the wind. I'm going to do it. And then, you know, years later, they finally do it. But um, yeah, you made it. We had a lot of really good time. You got engaged out here. I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How funny that you remember that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? I think both of, you, both of you secretly came up to us separately and told us that you were going to propose. And then it was like, oh, they're both going to propose to each other. And then one of you did. Or like something weird. Like, I don't know. It was, it was funny. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't know he did that. I'm going to talk to him later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, spoiler alert, I said yes. Uh, he, he did propose, it was very casual, um, on Bondi Beach uh, in Sydney. You're in Brisbane, but we went to Sydney while we were there. That's where he proposed. Um, I said yes, then we, we had a nice walk along the cliffs, and then we got some beer and burgers, and uh, we've continued to have beer, burgers, and coffee ever since. <laughs> Lovely. A true romantic tale. Yeah, now, that was my first time meeting Aaron. Oh, well, you know, a lot of people haven't met him, unfortunately. Um, he's only been to Atlanta, where um, I would say my, the largest part of my network is, a couple of times. A couple of times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's beloved, as far as I'm concerned, in my mind, everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Very good friends. If anything ever happens to me, he can move to Atlanta and everyone will take care of him. Oh, 100%. 1,000%. But he would probably prefer to move to Australia. Um, He's very welcome. Now, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you were telling me that Australia is the first country outside of America you ever even visited no well oh. it was the Baham- it was the bahamas first okay but it wasn't until i met my partner who is british um but his family lives in australia oh look he's calling me now i'll call him back later um <laughs> where he kind of inspired me to um he was very worldly he inspired me to um we went on a cruise together very worldly um mm-hmm. And to, to the Bahamas. And then later that year, I went and um, came to Australia and did my working holiday visa. So worked out here for four months, okay. um, took a semester off. And then a year later, moved here. Okay. So whose idea was it, yours or your partner's, for you to go to Australia first? <clears throat> well, Okay, so when I met Alex, my partner, um, I he's British, so I was like, you're from England, right? And <laughs> I, for some reason, was always obsessed with Australia. Like, my grandmother went there when I was in second grade um, because we have some distant, co- distant cousins who live in Melbourne. And she came back with like all this Australian stuff and kangaroos and all this stuff. And I was like, that sounds so cool. And I just always wanted to go to Australia for some weird reason. And so I had this 
map of Australia in my room, just hanging on the wall. And, you know, when he came over, um, <clears throat> he uh-huh. um, saw that and was like, why is there a map of Australia on there? And I was like, oh, um, you know, I've just always wanted to go there. And he's like, oh, I live there. And I was like, you're British. You don't live in <laughs> Australia. And he's like, no, my family, you know, migrated there uh, when I was 17. Um, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And so we kind of just started talking about, you know, going back there and visiting. Um, and so it was kind of a joint effort, but I, you know, I was always ready to come to Australia. Yes, it sounds like from a very, very young age, you'd already yeah. like been thinking about Australia. Tell me what, um, like aside from kangaroos and, uh, you know, Crocodile Dundee or something, what was your, <laughs> did you... Like when you um, thought about moving to Australia, right? Because you had that map. There. Yeah. So maybe like as a kid or what have you, what did you think Australia would be like? And how, how would it be different from your life in America? It's a really good question. Um, I, it might have just been the kangaroos, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you do um, like animals a lot. <laughs> I am a really big animal person. Um, and I love, yeah, like koalas, kangaroos, like I, I would live at the zoo if I could here. Like, it's just, um, oh, we almost made it to the zoo, but then yeah. it was pouring down raining. Do you remember? Yeah. I was so disappointed for Steve you guys. Irwin's zoo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I always thought it'd be cool just because I've always seen so much, so much beautiful photos of Australia, um, you know, like the beaches and the lifestyle. Um, and yeah, kind of, does live up to uh, some, of, some of its expectations. It is a very beautiful country. Um, you know, it's like 90% of the population lives, you know, 20 kilometers from the coast or something like that. Um, and just or, as a way to gauge what I'm discovering was a, an obsession with Australia that you had. Um, <laughs> did finding out that your partner, that his family lived in Australia, did that uh, make him more attractive to you as a partner? Did that have some influence in your decision to get more serious in your relationship? I mean, it definitely was a nice thing. Like, it didn't subtract from it. Um, okay. I don't think I don't think it was like the only reason I was with him. You know, like um, yeah. I think just him being very worldly. Um, you know, like I love America. But I've always wanted to just travel and kind of experience a lot of different cultures and see the world from different uh, perspectives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, here he was who, you know, he's, he's, when he was like 15 or 16, you know, his family just took a trip around the world. They took a year off and just went everywhere, really. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've just, uh, it's been, it was, you know, it was attractive to me at the time. Okay, so that was so we we went we did um, very young idea of Australia, then we mm-hmm. got a little bit older. Maybe your partner told you a little bit more about it, and then you um, spent some time there on your work visa. Mm-hmm. Now, you learned a little bit more about like the real Australia. You learned there was more than kangaroos or what have you. That's probably where you yes. picked up the fact that so many people live along the coast right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, when you were 
there for your work visa, did the idea come into your mind where you're like, oh, I could live here? Um, the funny thing is that we, on our work visa, we were going around to different kind of rural areas and okay. talking to people about um, a new college that opened up in town. And these were just very middle Australia sort of town, like nothing glamorous, like very yeah. kind of uh, hick, if you will. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, it was really interesting to see my expectation of what I thought Australia was going to be and then, you know, what it really was. And so I kind of got to experience it from a different level, you know, like not the glamorous side of it. Um, but I was still like really intrigued by the people and the culture and um, how, um, how kind of normal they were too. Like I was expecting... I think I was expecting something a bit more European, like sure. a bit more, I don't know, like not that I spent a lot of time in Europe, but um, <laughs> there was a lot of similarities. Like, um, you know, they had a like rednecks, right? We say rednecks in, in America as, mm -hmm. as a kind of a term to uh, describe certain, certain people. And they kind of have a similar thing and they call people bogans. And it's like, oh, you know, it's very similar. Like they just like, and people kind of self-identify as that, you know, it's just a, it's a funny term to be thrown around sometimes. Um, but it's uh, a lot of similarities I kind of saw in the two countries. Yeah. Um, but a lot of differences. A lot of similarities. Not necessarily positive similarities, but similarities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I can navigate this society. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Of, so then you came back, um, and now you live there full-time. You became an Australian citizen. What was the process of becoming an Australian citizen like? Um, it was a very long process. Um, so we did it the way that um, we did a partner visa. So okay. uh, this was before marriage equality was passed here. So, mm -hmm. um, but they allowed same-sex partners to, um, to, to apply for partner visas still then. Okay. Um, so we did that. I was on a bridging A visa for a year and a half, which is like kind of the interim period. And then um, I finally got the partner visa. But the partner visa is really just a, a path to permanent residency. So, um, you have to apply again after you get that partner visa uh, to okay. become a permanent resident, which is like another year, year and a half to get that. Um, and that was super exciting when I got that is that means, you know, I can live here uh, indefinitely. Yeah. But um, I would have had to, so with the part the permanent residency, you have to live here for three out of five years. Like, so it's a five year term. And if you live here for three out of the five years, you can renew your visa to, okay. to come back um, or to stay. And so I really didn't know what my future was going to look like. And I wanted the option to go home and kind of always come back here. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took that extra step and, and went and got the citizenship um, so that, you know, I, I am able to come back. If I, you know, if I could go home for five years, I can still come back here. Wow. 
Well, I think I have to say congratulations um, on your citizenship. Um, I think there are some uh, early questions like, are you able, are you a dual citizen now? Is that how this works? Yes. Okay. Yeah, dual citizen. And um, you know, so, we talked about um, the legal definition of American. I, I don't know yeah. the legal definition of Australian, but I know you meet it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So do you consider yourself to be an American, an, an Australian, or both? Um, I feel like since Australian citizenship is really so new, I don't really identify with it yet. I only got it in January. Um, okay, no, that's, and, that's good. That's good, because yeah. my next question is, <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> what is the difference that you kind of feel between being an American mm -hmm. uh, in the not-legal sense and being an Australian in the not-legal sense? Because strictly <clears throat> speaking, you should feel like you are both, right? Yes. But yeah. you don't. <laughs> so there's something no. there. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of the the obvious point of not being born here, not being raised here, you know, feeling a bit uh, othered in that sense. Uh, okay. But like just separate in some ways of, you know, not being a true blue Aussie, if you will. Um, Okay, we That's might have to explore that here. a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I know, like, I know that you are very close to your family, for instance. Yeah. Like, you, ju yeah. you just mentioned it. You just, that was just your family and getting to see them was a big consideration yeah. in becoming a citizen. Um, yep. And so is part of it that your family is in the United States rather than with you in Australia? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel like that would be a huge component of it. Like, yeah, my family, I feel like I can never be fully settled unless I'm kind of close to them, you know, like it kind of feels uh -oh. that way. <laughs> I know, I know, I chose the wrong thing, place to go. I really didn't think I'd be here that long. I just didn't. And I just, it just kind of kept going, you know? Yeah. Um, It was like, oh, I'll do another year. Let's see another year, another year. And then I'm like, you know, six years later, I'm still here. Um, but also, there's also the fact that, like, Alex's family live here, which is great. But, you know, they're not Australian either. So it's not like... That's um, true. I mean, some of them have uh, got citizenship, but some of them are just permanent residents. Um, but, yeah, it's not like I, I have a Australian family here that kind of can uh, show me the way. And I think that's... <laughs> but I have a... Of... I think that's I kind a lot of, of us helping us figure out, like, from your perspective, what it means to be an American, right? Like, yeah. part of it must have to do with where your family is and maybe, maybe where you grew up. Um, yeah. And that seems to carry more weight than where you're living now, even though you've been there for six years, which is a pretty good percentage of your life. Yeah. It's true. Um, I'm. I still like. Everyone always asks like if I'm Canadian here because oh, really? my accent doesn't sound. <laughs> yeah, they're always like, well, <clears throat> two two reasons. 
One is I think my accent doesn't sound anything overly obvious. They, they're looking for the Southern accent. They're looking for the Valley Girl, California accent. They're looking for the Midwestern or the, you know, New York accent. Like, it's like all very like, um, Australia has consumed a lot of, you know, American media. So they yeah. just kind of know a bit about it. So they're like, oh, are you Canadian? I'm like, no, no, I'm actually from America. And they're like, oh, sorry, I didn't want to assume, you know? <laughs> and I get that. I've got that. I get that so much, so much. And no one thinks it's offensive to be like, oh, I didn't want to assume you were the worst person in the world if you're American. <laughs> really? But the reason they say is they're like, oh, no, 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 it's not, it's not American. It's, 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 if you call a Canadian American, they get really offended. Oh, okay. Wow, there are, yeah. there are some real layers here. Uh, Lots of layers. In <laughs> have you um, have you ever gotten like a deep dive into why Canadians get offended to be called Americans? I think yeah, I've talked to some Canadians, but it. I think this is just very limited. Yeah, some conversations I've speculate. had. Yeah, I'm not doing a broad thing here, but like you know, I feel like Canada kind of lives in America's shadow. You know, it just, um, it is over, always kind of a little overshadowed by it's like, you know, um, downstairs neighbor, if you will. Okay. Um, and a lot of people just think that, uh, Canada, America are the same place sometimes. So after people find out that you're American, do they make other assumptions about you? Um, I'm sure they do. Um, <laughs> Australians are very, like, casually racist or, like, <laughs> oh. casually bigoted. It's not, they, they don't really, they haven't, they haven't lived kind of, like, through, I don't know, it's, it's a different culture and, like, a lot of people will just say things that they don't think about hmm. and they don't think, like, Oh, this would um, this would not be a good thing to say in this situation. Like jokes and different things, and also the amount of times a white Australian has just dropped the n n word and oh. just thought nothing was wrong, and I'm like, oh, this is this is weird. This is not <laughs> yeah. okay. Like you can't be saying that word, and 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 it's changed in the last six years too. Like in the last year, I've seen people change a lot like especially with um you know what's been happening in america with race and i okay, think people so are getting they, a lot more sensitive about it i'm gonna just structure that a little bit because you're saying it's yeah. changed a lot and so i'm guessing you mean like the australian like the way that they um deal with race or the way that they think critically maybe a little bit more now about what they're seeing yeah. and what they're doing changed yeah. from the murder of george floyd and the yes. protests, the and for everyone who, for anyone that's just cluing in, <laughs> that happened like right over there for me. For <laughs> anyone listening from the past. <laughs> and so, wow, that's it is it is crazy to think that something that happened a mile or two away from me has impacted mm. the lives of millions of people on literally yeah. the other side of the world. Wow, that's unexpected. Yeah, we had there was a there was a Black Lives Matter march after George Floyd died. Um, yeah. That was it. I think it was something like ten to fourteen thousand people in Brisbane came, and it was 
was massive. And it was, you know, it was right when, you know, COVID was happening too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was deemed like illegal, like no one was supposed to be there. But oh. everyone showed up and it was, you know, it was nonviolent and it went, it went really well. Uh, but it was, you know, it was just really kind of shocking to see how many people showed up. And it was really, um, it was really nice to see. That's that much a beautiful show of what I'm, ass- I'm going to assume is more allyship, um, because when I visited you, I did not see a lot of other black Americans <laughs> that were there. So, <laughs> yes, well, Black Lives Matter here kind of takes on a different um, tone, as in it's a lot of a lot about um, uh, like First Nation Aboriginal people here. Okay. Um, so we have an issue here where there are a lot of um i guess like deaths in custody of uh first nation people oh really um yes and that's been happening for the past 30 years and it's um it's just more it's more than the average it's more than mm. a church and so that's kind of the rallying cry here that they have and have been equating kind of to uh kind of america's uh, awakening so um you know it's been happening in america and everyone's kind of been obviously more sensitive to race and um you know equity mm-hmm. um and then also looking at where we can do better and like the police system here so i know um so i for sure you your brother um who designed the logo on the hat. And if you've seen any of the videos, you guys have already, I've shown you the logo before. Um, and your sister are, have all done like activism work um, yeah. for racial equity. And uh, is that something that you expected to continue when you went to Australia? Or is it just kind of a, I don't even want to say a pleasant surprise that you get to engage in that same type of activism. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do know what you mean. Like, yeah, you think like, Oh, I'm moving somewhere else. Like maybe there isn't racism here. Or Wouldn't that be a dream? Anything. I would, yeah, right. I would also move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. Like it really, I mean, it's colonialism, you know, mm-hmm. like Australia is, you know, is a, Penal colony, and uh, we're still part of the Commonwealth. We still are under the uh, the Queen. We still have her on our on our our money and coins and such. Um, so, like you know, it's not, it's um, you know, we haven't we haven't escaped that. And I don't know if I expected to not deal with that. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it's here. That's uh. That is a lot to unpack, and I'm really happy that they've got you there um, to kind of help them along the path. You know, when you said, um, hold on, that's not okay, you can't actually say that. You haven't listened to the anti-racism episode yet, um, but that is the exact Mm. example that Colin cites um, in an anti-racist moment when he told Brendan that even though uh, Kanye West's like gold digger is playing on um, over the loudspeakers <laughs> in the pub, like you don't get <laughs> yeah yeah. And it, and the, yeah yeah the language he used wasn't you don't get to say that it was more like I need you to understand how it makes me feel 
when you, yeah. as someone who cares about me, uses that language. Um, yeah. And who knew that it would be so resonant uh, across the globe? I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. Now, I imagine um, that when you think about what it means to be an American, you know, now that we are all deeply engaged in critical race theory, um, that's part of it, right? That's part of what this big mess yeah. of what it of what it means to be an American. Are there any like last thoughts on what it means to be an American or what it means to be an Australian before we go to a coffee break? Um, last thoughts. I'm just thinking out loud of. Um, I think big difference of Australian and America is kind of there's a difference of worth work ethic I think oh, um, sure. <laughs> which is not to say like um, Australians don't work hard it's more like um, Australians aren't used to killing themselves for a minimum wage job you know yeah. like it's not as um, the di like there's so many differences in, in, in pay, you know, the minimum wage here is like uh, $21, $22 or something like that. Um, and it's, there's less of a stigma of like, um, working, uh, you know, like working in a movie theater, you know, like it's not, oh. it's not a, a high school job here. It's like anyone can do that. And that can be your actual career, you know, like, and, and no one's going to be like, get a real job, you know, like, it's very, um, so yeah, it's very different. Are you, do you, so you don't really, okay. 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 So when I, when you say that to me, what I'm hearing is that Australians are paid a living wage, like yes. no matter the work, right? Cause when yeah. people are like, get a real job, they mean get a job that can actually pay the bills that you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. and well, at least that's what I'm interpreting them to mean. And so do you not hear like living wage political arguments in Australia the way that we have them um, from, from the progressive left in the States? Not as, not as much, no. Oh, like it's very much like the government takes care of you here. If you don't have a job, they'll pay you. If you, and, and for as long as you don't have a job, they're going to just give you money. Like it's, mm. it's, um, it feels like being an Australian feels like my government here has my back and is really going to look out for me most of the time if, you know, something happens. Like if, you know, the worst happens, I'm going to be okay. And I don't feel like that at all in America. Huh. Now, yeah. um, you've been there, I think you said six years. Have you been there through like progressive, I guess, I don't know, I don't know how your political parties are divided, like through conservative, like the equivalent of like conservative and progressive parties taking leadership of a country, or has it been a steady um, one party I think, control? I think since I've been here, it's been one party. But okay. what happens is the um, parties when they feel like they're not doing well, is they'll shuffle the prime minister. So they'll like take this person down and sure. put another leader head to the party. So they're essentially changing the prime minister of the country. Um, the liberal party has been in power for, yeah, for the last, I think, 
seven years or however long it's been. And when I say liberal, the liberal party is the conservative party here. Oh. And the Labour Party is more the kind of liberal. They're both very center-left, center-right, you know? Like, there's nothing really like the Republican Party here, except for, uh, it's like an Australian First Party that's, like, very racist and very awful. And oh, like they're our, kind of like a tiny... Republican Party, yeah. Like our Republican <laughs> Party, exactly. But there's only, like, you know, like, two seats they hold or something like that versus 50 or whatever it is in america yeah um so that's, yeah so it's a- we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet but when i first um was planning stuff out with brendan you know a hundred years ago uh he really wanted to bring the perspective when he thought he would have more time to do so bring the perspective of like the from the global progressive movement as opposed to the American progressive movement, which is like, like you were saying, center left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, things yeah. that we hear here that uh, people tell us are radical, like everyone yeah. else already has. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Democratic Party is probably like the party that's in power right now. So it's yeah. like, you know, you're starting there and then the other party is going more the other way. And then you have the Greens who are going a lot more to the left and are actually gaining a lot of momentum here, hmm. which is really interesting to see. Yeah. And so you really like that the government in Australia has your back in this way. Yeah, I mean, between, um, <clears throat> you know, like like the financial um, job, job assistance um, and, you know, Medicare here, it's, you know, like, I could get cancer tomorrow and lose my job and like, I wouldn't be homeless, you know, like it would be, I would probably be okay. So you still feel like more of an American, but you prefer the way that they do things in Australia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) However you want to thread that needle, I'm fine with that. (laughs) Let's take a quick coffee break because I'm not sure how long we've been talking. (laughs) And we'll be right back. And we are back with Nick Pascarello. Oh my gosh, Nick, I do this every time. Nick, what is your Instagram so you can plug it? Um, My Instagram is what if Nick. What if Uh, Nick? What if Nick? Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm what if Nick everywhere. So, okay. Twitter and such. Fabulous. Um, yeah. During our coffee break, you started taking notes on more political differences that you um, really want to highlight. I can tell you've got a lot of passion in this area. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could tell when I first saw you in that fantastic T-shirt. <laughs> uh, that you were you were game for some political conversation today, and yes. um, you know right now the world. Amer- um, America. For those you, oh, go ahead. For those you can't see, I'm wearing Jerome's uh, t-shirt for his political campaign, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm smiling really big about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So th- this is going to be an awkward segue. I'm smiling really big about it, but COVID is still happening. (laughs) 
yeah. you know, it's happening. It's um, America's turning a corner. Um, much of the world is not turning that same corner. And from what I was reading in the news and what I was um, kind of feeling some FOMO over in your uh, Instagram stories and the like, Australia did a really good job of protecting its citizens and saving its businesses and kind of weathering the crisis. Um, And that's largely due to a lot of government programs that were there. And it sounds like you are here to fill us in uh, on what some of those programs were, because that can really illustrate, I think, for a lot of our listeners, like where the American government, at least under our last president, did not step up in a way that they could have. I'm here to spill the tea. Um, Yes, yeah. COVID here, um, experiencing COVID here versus what I see everywhere else in the world has been like a treat, I guess. (laughs) Like as in, as in it's been probably a cakewalk compared to other countries. Um, uh, What Australians approach has been to uh, the pandemic has been let's lock down if we have high cases right and a lot of countries have done that and honestly i feel like we've just gotten lucky a lot of the times mm-hmm. um but every time you know there's a, any surge or any any cases out there we just kind of lock down shut everything off uh we you know turn on the mass mandates um and you know everyone kind of just hunkers down works from home for however long um and in the beginning, it was like, you know, it was like the first month, month and a half, and then restrictions lightened up and everyone thought everything was over. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the second wave came and we locked down again. Um, but recently, you know, like we'll have one or two cases come and we'll just do like a three day lockdown. And everyone just shuts down for three days and kind of just comes back. Yeah. So they'll do kind of smaller ones, which kind of just make everyone, um, it just kind of like stops spreads. Um, I don't, I'm sure there's a lot of scientists who can say a lot more things about that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but you know, like they'll, they'll put in like no dance, like you can't dance in the club for a little while, you know, because they're just trying to like stop the spread. So they'll do like certain things like, um, you know, everyone like right now, no one has to wear masks. Um, tomorrow I'm going to like big gay day or no on Sunday, big gay day, which okay. is like this big gay festival um gonna be a lot of people um and it's we've been able to do this because um they've they've done so many tests and they've um they've really tracked it we we also um we do contact tracing here so every time you go to a restaurant you have to check in and say that you've been there so you use a little qr code you scan it on your phone and you say yep i'm checking in i've been here and all these restaurants, like, you know, they really kind of push it because there's like a, you know, five to $10,000 fine if they're caught, like, not following the rules, wow. you know? Yeah. So it's like everyone's very strict about it, but we are also, because we're so strict about it, we're able to live a almost normal life through the pandemic. Um, there's also an app that they came out with that just does, like, it, it just checks your Bluetooth and also Bluetooth on other people's phones. So if you both have the app and you cross contact with each other, you're in the same vicinity for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, It says, okay, these people were 
in contact in some way, right? Yeah. So if I come out and I say I have COVID, and I you would you know alert the the authorities, you know, they would go in the app and they would be like, okay, who whoever's been in contact with you, we're gonna alert them and say, hey, go get a test. Um, and so, you know, or if um, you know if I had COVID and I went to the local ice cream shop. And I checked in there and I got my ice cream and I left and it, it would, they would contact everyone who was there in the vicinity. They would contact the, you know, the employee yeah. and they would make everyone get tested. Um, and so they, um, they also do, if you fly in from somewhere, um, mm -hmm. you have to do like a mandatory two week uh, quarantine oh, in, a, in a hotel. Happening? That's still happening. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so all of our new cases right now are coming from like hotel quarantines. Um, okay. so people flying in from other places and, um, you know, they spend two weeks in the hotel. Um, and then those are usually how the, the breaches, I get breaches. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Some of the cleaners for the hotels have caught COVID through cleaning people's sure. rooms. So, and that's how it's been getting out sometimes. There was one, there was one, one guy in Melbourne who, um, he was a security guard for one of the hotels and actually ended up sleeping with one of the oh. people in quarantine <laughs> and then went to this big like Ramadan festival with like 5,000 oh, no. people and just spread it to everyone. Oh, <laughs> and gosh. so that was, Melbourne was locked down for a really long time because of that, but they finally got it under control. So, We've only had um, 910 deaths here. In Australia uh, or in? In Australia. Oh my gosh. We had more yeah. than that in Minnesota. Um, yeah, like yeah. I think we are up to seven thousand in Minnesota. That's yeah. wild. Um, and I maybe if we take another coffee break, maybe I'll look up the populations so we can see like a rate of what that looks like. Let me ask: yeah. when you talked about um, outbreaks and lockdowns and what have you, um, how many people, if you have an idea, uh, would need to be tested and show positive in order to trigger? Like one of those three-day lockdowns. One time in January, we had one person have it, who was a cleaner, um, yeah, for the hotel, and it was the UK strand, so they were being a bit more cautious. But I was in, um, I was in Canberra for the time, and I had to fly back from uh, Canberra to Brisbane because they like. Basically, camera was like, everyone from Brisbane leave or locked down immediately for two weeks. Oh. So we had to go back. Um, but yeah, it was it was one person and it was a three day lockdown. For that. So for those three day lockdowns, is it business as usual? What like are the are rest of those restaurants compensated by the government somehow? Like it's usually. Yeah. So people. Businesses will be compensated um, okay. for certain things. Not every, I don't know, but the, like a three-day lockdown, I don't know if they'll compensate them for that. But um, like when it was worse, um, when in the beginning, when we had, you know, two month lockdown or a month and a half lockdown, um, they did this thing, a scheme called JobKeeper. Um, mm. And <clears throat> it was all around keeping the businesses open and propped up, but they were still closed like no one was going into the restaurant and all the employees were on standby so the the government was paying the employees a uh, job keeper so mm -hmm. a certain amount 
Um, and then they were also, they would be uh, giving money to the business to keep the business open. So it was like, because what happens, what I think happened in America a lot of times is they've laid everyone off, right? Right, yeah. And then they've closed business or they've just shut down for a little while. And then when they're ready to open again, all those people they laid off, like, found something else, you know? Because yeah. they're like, why would they wait around for this job? So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of businesses have done that where they just, because it's when they're ready to open back up, it's like those people are ready to come back on, you know, so they can just be right back to where they were. Um, I don't that know makes if that so much sense. Before. That makes so much sense to me. And um, yeah. it boggles my mind that we don't have anything in place because um, when COVID did start happening, you are absolutely right. Um, huge amounts of people got laid off. And they were expected to then go and file for these government programs that, like, were seriously <laughs> underfunded by the same people who <laughs> were yeah. saying that they wouldn't, like, institute a JobKeeper program or anything similar, who didn't want to do yeah. any kind of lockdowns. And yeah. um, it, it's, a, it's a very different mentality. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I and, wish I had the luxury of, uh, you know. And well, it's also like a very different, like when we go into lockdown, people complain, people say this and that. But there are people who protest too, you know, mm-hmm. like who anti-maskers and this and that. But it's really a lot less than like America or somewhere else, I think, because Australians really trust their government, which mm-hmm. is a rare thing. Um, I mean, they don't trust them with everything. They really feel like I think that the government at the end of the day kind of has their back. Like they're looking out for them. And it's so shocking to have a government that is actually feels like it's for the people, you know, like it's, it's there to help people out who are in need, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, why should, why is that a foreign concept for me? Like why is, (laughs) why is America, like, is it just every time I see like American politics, it's just another Republican trying to take away more things from people who don't have anything. Like, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let me, um, speaking of politicians, then, I can hear that the system in Australia is set up in a way that sounds like it does work a lot better for people. Um, Do Australians view their politicians the same way that Americans typically view a lot of their politicians? Okay, Australia Australia treats their politicians like America treated the politicians in the 90s or the 80s. You know, like, as in, like, they're there, we like them, we don't like them, we don't really care that much, okay. you know? Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's not so charged as, like, uh... Yeah. I mean, I, I was a kid in the 90s, but I'm, I'm assuming, like, Politics used to be really, really boring in America. Like, no yes. one really, like, it wasn't gl- the glitz and the glam. And, uh, not, not glitz, but, like, the, the drama that it is right now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, like, it's it's when, it's kind of the point where it's, like, uh, everything's going okay, so we're not, like, going crazy about anything, you know? I miss those days. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> huh. Um, but people like so yeah. voting is mandatory here so people oh. don't um people aren't as like 
I'm I'm this, I'm this, I'm this side. Like people really kind of float in between the three parties or okay. four parties. Like so you have the, the liberals who are the conservative party, you have the labor who's the more um uh more liberal party, a lot more about unions and such. So um liberal is your conservative, labor yep. is your we'll we'll say progressive. Um Sure. Sure. So that's cause so we don't get the the terminology confused. Um, keep going. And then the Greens would be, you know, more progressive than, than Labour. Liberal, um, Labour, Green. Okay. And then we have, um, there's there's some other ones, but the Pauline Hanson, she's, uh, she's the head of the, uh, I think it's Australian, oh, it's called One Nation. And oh, sure, we don't have to talk about them. <laughs> no, 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 we don't have to talk about them. They're, they're, but they're like the Republican Party of Australia, you know? Like, right, right. And they're fringe. They're like fringe, you know? They're like fringe right. And, and no one takes them seriously, you know? Hmm. Well, I yeah. think, do you think that Australians in general, and this is a charged question, I think, do you think they might just be like less self-interested than Americans in general, you know, seem to um, be. Yeah. What, what do you mean by self-interested? Well, um, when, like, with the mask mandates, right? It was, the protests were like, I have a right to get my hair done. I have a right to get my yeah. nails done. That yep. kind of, they were, they were like, I, I want my life to continue the way that it was. Um, and I don't really care if other people get killed along the way or whatever. That's like the risk they run in America. The same yeah. I run that risk. Australians aren't so much like freedom or liberty. Like they're more like, let's look out for our mates, you know, like let's yeah, look out for okay. our common man. They, they really, they have a pretty good community kind of idea of what community is we need to look out for each other but oh on the other side of that it's like there's this thing here called like tall poppy syndrome i don't know if that's do you know what that means i have no so idea it, what that means it can also be i've heard it i've heard it um that it's crabs in a bucket which is like um if you are too much of an individual kind of or you bring too much attention to yourself. Hmm. Everyone else kind of drags you down a little bit. Oh, really? Like, oh, that person's being way too much, you know? Like, we kind of see this in the gay community sometimes too, right? Sure, sure. Um, where it's like, oh, you think you're going to be that good? No. Like, <laughs> it's, it's about, like, you know, so all the poppies are this length, and this one grows a little bit higher, and then, you know, you kind of cut it down to get the oh, rest. Oh, funny. <laughs> That's the idea. And then the... <laughs> The crabs in a bucket is if, if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, you don't have to put a lid on it because if one tries to get out, the rest of them grab onto the... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's like kind the... of like, it's a different, like, there's not yeah. as much individualism, I guess, here, um, mm. where it's like, my liberty and da-da-da, I have the right to do X, you know? It's more... I mean, some people are like that. Um, but I feel like... It's a lot more community focused, but it has that kind of caveat of like, oh, don't be too much, you know? Right. right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Well, thinking about what we've thinking about what we've learned about Australia and how we've reminisced on America today, uh, for you, so say your family um, was not a factor, right? Because I know they're like the. It sounds like they're the biggest part of you um, that's still associated with being American. Like, what would what would need to change? in America for you to be like, oh, okay, I am coming back. <laughs> like, what would we need to do differently? Um, uh, um, that's, I mean, I, I really, I feel like, okay, I feel like it's something to do with like, um, like money and politics, I think is just ridiculous. Mm. It's like how people can just get away with that. Yeah. Um, like, trickle down economics i think is all very very ridiculous um it, it is one of the big things one, <laughs> one of the big things is like medicare really like um healthcare having globalized healthcare i think is uh is huge and it really changes i think the culture of uh, the people mm-hmm. because i feel like it's um you just don't have to stress every day about it you know like it's just just you hear so many stories and um i'm I'm hearing oh go ahead go ahead because okay so because um because there's uh globalized healthcare here in this country the government has a um financial incentive to make the people of its country healthier Hmm. so you'll see an ad on tv that's just about eating veggies and it's sponsored by the Queensland government. And you're just like, what? Why? <laughs> like, and, and it's like, I mean, just becoming, coming from being an American here. Yeah. And, and like the price of a pack of cigarettes is $40. Oh my gosh. Um, the oh price of gosh. alcohol is, is at least double what it is in America. I so it's like that. across the board, everything is a lot more expensive, which, you know, isn't a, great thing but they're doing it because they're trying to um they tax these you know the alcohol industry the tobacco industry very very highly because they have to kind of subsidize their own medicare yeah be like you know if you're going to cause the problem we gotta also try and fix it on the other side and also by raising the the price it it de-incentivizes people to to drink as much to smoke as much to um and so by that you know they'll be more healthy and I feel like even the food industry is completely different. You just can't put certain things in foods. You know, it's like um, the grade of meat is higher. Like different, like it's just um, like Taco Bell when they came here, they they had to completely revamp their menu because none, nothing they had would fly here. <laughs> okay. Well, I, good thing I don't eat there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your addiction to the pink slime talking. <laughs> well, I think what I was hearing is that um, if you, if America wants people like you to like want to come back, then we need yeah. to take care of them. As well, yeah, just I take mean, care it of sounds people. pretty simple. <laughs> Just give a shit. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, get your shit together. You know, yeah. care whether yeah. I live or also, die. Hmm. I don't even know how this hasn't come up yet. But, like, guns. 
guns, guns. Like, we don't have guns here hardly at all. I've never once been afraid of a gun in Australia. Hmm. Like, I've never even thought about it because back in the 80s, I think it was the 80s or 90s, I don't know exactly when, maybe it was 70s, um, there, was a, there was a mass shooting. And, hmm. um, you know, this kid went out and shot a bunch of random people uh, with a rifle and the government acted and they said anyone who brings a rifle then we're gonna we're gonna pay you for it everyone turn in your guns so like basically they got like 80 percent of the guns just gone right. and they just destroyed them and they paid people for it and and then they started passing legislation for if you have a gun you it has to be in a lockbox and that lockbox has to be uh bolted into the ground like it can't you oh. can't just pick that thing up and leave it most people who have guns wow. leave it at like a um like a like a shooting range or something they'll leave them there in a lockbox there and and it's very strict on who who can have it like i could i actually haven't looked into it much but i'm pretty sure i could get a gun if i wanted to it just the laws around it are so um, strict. You know, you can't buy a semi-automatic rifle here. Hmm. Um, and because of that, we have not had a mass shooting in Australia, I think, since. That's incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? I, I say that's incredible. What's incredible is that we in the States routinely have these shootings, but don't do anything about it. That's what's anything about it. And it's just, it feels so, just feels like you're losing your mind. You're like, why can we just keep doing this and not, not have any change? Like the same thing with like the policing system. It's like the day that, you know, that, um, George Floyd killer got Chauvin. Um, yeah. Chauvin got, um, read the, uh, prosecuted, I guess. Uh, What am I saying? When he was charged. When he was charged, the or same when he was day. Was, Which one are you? When he was convicted. Sorry, okay. it's like the okay. same day there was someone else shot. Like it's just, yes. you know, it's it, it's just never ending. It feels like it's just like why are we keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, or why we're not doing? It? Or know, why do we do keep... nothing and then act surprised like, every time it happens again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. and so I feel you might like... not be moving back to America anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i know i know it will bring me back someday you know it's, hmm. it's colin um america's a bitch and she's gonna bring me back one day <laughs> <laughs> i'm like don't if don't pick it's up the phone when she calls it sounds really great <laughs> over there <laughs> she's like girlfriend i can't uh can't break up <laughs> um um yeah. Well, as always, towards the ends of these conversations, um, I ask, what can someone doing, what can someone who's listening do to support you or an organization that you support or uh, maybe what's one thing that you want people to take away from the conversation? Um, I guess I just don't, Oftentimes I feel really hopeless about the differences of, you know, these two countries, but 
I feel like in the last year or so, like, I feel like there's been so much good change that's happened in America, too, that, you know, we can't just gloss over. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people of color who have won races in, in places that no one thought they could. And I feel like the landscape of America is changing as long as we keep fighting for it. Um, and it's not, you know, a mute point. You know, like, I feel like we yeah. can do it. And and if anything, like, that's kind of the reason I want to come back to America, to help change it, you know? And, yeah. and, and from a different perspective, to bring that in and be like, hey, you know, like, like, people love to say, well, that wouldn't work here. And you're like, why? Why wouldn't it work here? Right. I, I, I lived in a country where it worked. It worked fine. Like, yeah. And, yeah. I think lived experience is really powerful. And yeah. um, if you wanted to come back on a work visa or an activism visa of some kind, <laughs> let people know that things can be different. You know, for instance, yeah, right. for instance, um, Minnesota has had vote by mail here for ages. But yeah. when I lived in Georgia, because of the voter suppression that I just kind of endured, I um, did not trust the vote by mail like process here when I moved. I was like, you guys are all ridiculous. How do you know they're even going to count your ballot? Um, mm. And they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Then in subsequent elections with all of the um, all of the actual kind of voter fraud and voter intimidation and elections official intimidation that was going on, even specifically in Georgia, those same people were yeah. like, oh, okay, things here are good in terms yeah. of, you know, this one issue. Things in other places are not great. Um and I think maybe if we could have more of that uh, crab in the bucket mentality, but in a more positive way, where it was like, no, you know, you can't crawl yeah. out into voter suppression. You can't crawl out into, you know, these crazy um, relaxed gun restrictions or what have you. Uh, maybe yep. America would be substantially better off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and when Georgia went blue, I think this is a perfect example. Like, Georgia went blue. Like, that's yeah, didn't seem like it was going to happen. Like, it yeah. just was ridiculous when it happened. And I was just, I was so excited. I was having myself when it did happen. Yeah. But, you know, like, that has to do with people fight, like Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight. Like, I think that organization is amazing. Um, and I think things like that where, where like getting, where your vote does matter, you yeah. just have to do it. You know, like if well, everyone really went and voted, we would have a probably a different country. Well, I agree. I do think that that message of if everyone went and voted, we'd have a different country. I do think that landed in Georgia. I think what subsequently happened, or is happening, is that Republican legislators in Georgia are now saying, oh, well, in that case, it has to become much more difficult for you to vote now that that message has actually landed. But what I'm not seeing are like the governor of Minnesota or Oregon or California 
saying to Georgia, you know, cut that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I do I mean, hear I hear us saying, "Oh, wow, that's really unfortunate that those people have to do, deal with that or or what have you." As if, you know, it, it's one common America, everybody. Like we are literally yeah. all in this together. And yeah. I mean, if those restrictions go unchecked, then we're just going to end up back into that same uh, dystopian nightmare that we just got <laughs> yeah. just well, 100 days ago. Go the ahead. federal government used to be able to, like, tell the southern states that, hey, knock it off, you can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this law, I don't know exactly which one it was, but um, it was when Obama was in, in uh, office that they just stopped passing it because they were like, oh, no, we don't need this anymore. Oh, it's yeah. So arcane, you know? And so they they stopped, you know, they stopped renewing it. I think it was every eight years. They would it, renew- yeah. Yes. And so now, you know, these states are like, oh, we have free reign to do whatever we want. Let's see what we can get away with, you know. And and I feel like there has been a lot of backlash, which has been good. Um, not enough to make them change it back. Mm-hmm. But I really hope it kind of um, tints the... Uh, the 2022 governor election. I really hope, I really hope Stacy gets in there and can just like, stick it. <laughs> like, I hope, I hope that whole thing is a smear on, on, uh, is it Kemp, his campaign? It is Kemp, but it, it would be, it will be a much harder battle for Miss Abrams if those restrictions are put in place. In place. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Well, this has been a beautiful, wonderful conversation. I'm totally going to have you back because we, we barely scratched the surface on yeah, everything right. that we could talk about, even in just the area of like, uh, what a comparative politics. <laughs> but I, um, I did have one question that did not appear on the outline that was texted over from uh, a Mr. Trey Pasquarello. Your brother. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But don't worry. It is a softball. Uh, He just says he misses you. And will you please text him and let him know when you are coming to visit? Yes. I uh, I will. I will. I have to get vaccinated first, I think. Oh, my gosh. You haven't been vaccinated? Oh, yeah. We didn't even get into vaccination. No, we we don't have vaccine. Yeah, we have we have a few vaccines for a medical official, but um, we're oh, we're kind of a slow roll to get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, okay. That means you'll probably be working from home for a while, and so you'll be very available for more podcast episodes. Yeah. Great. Exactly. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. I hope I'm there by Christmas. <laughs> you can tell them yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Pascarello at what if Nick on Instagram. You are amazing. Thank you so much for joining this morning. Thanks for having me. I love you. Love you too. uh, See you next time. See you next time. Thank you for joining in the conversation today. If you would like exclusive access to live streams of these conversations, if you want to hear what goes on during the coffee breaks, or if you'd like to join a community of people who help to make this podcast possible, then please join our Patreon community 
at patreon.com slash bottomlesscoffee. Bottomless Coffee Podcast is produced by me, Jerome Evans, on social media everywhere as at Jerome T. Evans. Our Patreon producers are listed in the episode description. You can connect with the podcast on Instagram at at Bottomless Coffee Podcast. Our music is by Noir et Blanc V and God Mode. Thanks all, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>